college kids. Welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Phil. So if you could introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, my name is Phil. I am from Washington. I'm going to be uh, taking psychology as a major and I'm going to USC. DC or state? Uh, state. state. All right. All right. So number one, can you give us your demographics? What did the uh, college uh, admissions officers see upon application? I uh, don't remember all the things, but uh, I am Korean American. I identify as uh, male, heterosexual. Um, are there any other things? Relative socioeconomic status, like uh, middle class, middle class. Um, upper middle, middle class. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into first. Let's talk about like how college is viewed in your family, how you approach col- the college process going into high school. So I'm just going to give you a bunch of questions, but you can like answer however you want. So sure. what was like kind of the dynamic in your family? Did your parents expect you to go to college? And USC is a very prestigious college. So did they expect you to go to something prestigious? Did you have like siblings to look up to in terms of the college process? So yeah, let's start with that. And then we can get into high school. Um, sure. Okay. Um, so I do have three siblings, all older than me, all who went to college um, and I guess I wanted to go to college as well. My parents, um, it was, I would say it wasn't really like an expectation they pushed onto me, but it was just more something I wanted to do. Um, and so like going to, into high school, like I sort of knew I would be going to college after, um, and I think that was a combination of just like what my family sort of expected and what I wanted to do, what I understood growing up. And then we don't have to get into this like in detail, but were your siblings, they were, they're all older than you. Were they any like help in the college process? Were they your main source for like questions you had about it? Yeah. One of them was, um, I talked with him a lot about, I guess, uh, the stresses of college processes and sort of like navigating certain things and also, um, how I should navigate, like looking through college websites or the things like that and talking about like essays and stuff. Um, just sort of more, I guess, general questions I had before I even got to like writing essays. Um, we also just talked about like the college processes itself. And like, he gave me tips on how I could like go looking for, um, pieces of information about colleges and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into your approach to college, which, you know, more or less starts at the beginning of high school. So coming into high school, what was your approach? Like, were you very set? Like, okay, I don't know exactly which college I want to go to. I don't know what I want to do, but I really want to try my best to get into the best college possible. So were you like planning, you know, joining all these clubs, making sure you took really hard classes or were you more going through high school and then, you know, junior year comes like the end of junior year and you're like, oh, it's dawned upon me. I really need to start. So Hmm. which one were you? I would say more toward the planning, but not really. Like I spent um, my first two years just trying to adjust to high school, doing the best that I could. Mm-hmm. And obviously in my uh, sophomore year, we got COVID. Um, so I spent that year trying to adjust to that. Um, but I guess I spent like I just can I tried to do the best that I could with the classes that I had. Um, I didn't really have a game plan at this like freshman or sophomore year going into them. At all, I was more so, again, like adjusting uh, to being in high school um, and doing all those kinds of things. I did sign up for clubs um, in the beginning, more so out of fun rather than like, oh, I want to do this for college. So, for example, I signed up for my school's gaming club, which is like a board gaming club that just met for like two hours. Um, And then I also play trombone and I've been playing trombone for a while. So I signed up for uh, my school's uh, concert bands, Mm -hmm. um, which are a lot of fun. And then as I continued, I wrote for the school newspaper for a bit. I did high school debate for a few years. Um, And as I continued through, um, I tried to find a few clubs that I wanted to commit to, commit most of my time to, um, and to the sort of standout are my school's jazz band and my school's K-pop club. Um, And so I guess for jazz bands, jazz was always something that I really enjoyed listening to. I actually um, listened to it a lot with my dad when I was little, uh, cause he would drive me to elementary school and we would listen to it like on the radio, like a little USB that he had. Um, and so he also did this to that. 
Um, and so I got to spend more time playing trombone and I was able to play jazz and it was a really fun experience. Um, and actually the first time I had a jazz concert at my high school, we played songs that I had listened to when I was like five or six. And so I was really excited to like play those in front of my parents and for my school. And, um, it was, it was really amazing time. And as I continued to invest more time in it, I got to learn more about like improvisational skills and like, uh, having confidence in my playing and then like being able to help others who came into the program after me and to the club. Um, and it was just a really fun experience. I got to also perform a senior project, um, in like the week leading up to graduation. So that was really fun. Um, so and then- I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to get a little bit more into trombone. So I'm assuming you just played the trombone, right? It wasn't like multiple instruments you played no it was just yeah. oh, trombone and so you were you said you were playing for quite a while when did you start playing trombone uh, I started playing trombone in elementary school oh wow uh, fifth grade um we were able like as fifth graders we were able to like pick up an instrument for the first I time remember those days <laughs> It starts in third grade with the recorder. Then you actually move up and like the recorder, the- like the platinum belt. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yes, that. yes. I had, you had like the little like plastic foam cleaner, like you would mm-hmm. put it. Yeah. Um. So that I actually played piano when I was littler, but I sort of grew out of it um, because I enjoyed playing trombone a lot more. Um, and so I started there, and then I uh, went to middle school, um, which didn't actually have a band program. Um, so I spent my time taking like lessons outside of it because I wanted to keep doing trombone. And then mm-hmm. once I got to high school, I was able to really continue that trombone. Um, and I guess like having more fun with it. Yeah. And I'm going to have you, if you know, to the best of your ability, explain like how a concert band works in like a high school. So, I mean, my, I wouldn't say my high school is like a music, high, it's not a music high school, but there's some pretty <laughs> good musicians in my high school. And I know like, you have the whole band, but there are also different levels. Like if you're a better violin player, you'll have like, you know, first chair, the second chair, third chair. So can you explain how concert band works and specifically for trombone? What are like the different levels, you know, the better players versus like, that sounds bad, but like, you know, the more experienced. Like the different levels of like trombone. And like how significant do they look on like a college application? Do you think like, does it look Mm -hmm. really impressive if you're first chair for violin? I keep using violin. That's the only one I know, but no, I understand. Um, to answer that question about like the significance, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm sure it helps. Um, but let me, I guess, just go through the process. So, um, in my high school as a trombone player, um, because as a trombone player, you could be playing in just concert bands or the orchestras. Um, and so I chose the concert bands. So there are, I guess, three concert bands, um, that I played at my high school. Um, the first one, um, you meet once a week on, uh, I think it was Tuesdays or Wednesdays, um, for a set amount of times, like an hour and a half. And then you would just play, there would be like the first and second chair trombone in that. Um, and then the, everyone had to do what was known as the, uh, concert for performance band, uh, which was on Thursdays. Um, and we met for, I think nearly two hours where we just played songs together. Um, that had first, second, and third chair trombones. Um, and I started out in freshman year in uh, third chair trombone, you know, second chair trombone for the Tuesday band. Um, and so as I spent time in those bands, I progressively moved through the chairs. Um, but once I came to sophomore year, I uh, moved from the uh, Tuesday band to the jazz band, um, which was um, on another day. I think it was... It doesn't, that doesn't matter. Um, which also had its own set of chairs. Um, it was first, second, third, and fourth chair in jazz bands. Um, and I started in second chair, um, to jazz bands. Yeah. And then, uh, (laughs) I spent the next two years in first chair. Um, and so I had a lot of fun with that. Um, but I, I feel like in terms of how, like it's just like the college process. I feel like it helps, but I think it's more of the dedication you put into it mm-hmm. uh, rather than just the position that you play. Right. So if you're like consistently there all the time, if you're putting in the work, if you're like spending hours and if you're getting genuine enjoyment out of it, I think that's more important than just like 
a chair um, because you're able to talk about it with more energy. You're able to really engage with the material. And that sort of really shows uh, when you bring it up, when you talk about it. That kind of stuff. And I know that some of my friends who do play instruments, they play for our school. Obviously, they do like jazz band, symphony orchestra. Um, but also they do stuff outside of school. So I'm in Maryland. So some of them play for the Baltimore Youth City something mm. like Symphony Orchestra. So did you have anything like that where you played outside of school? Was just school? I did not. I just played in school. Okay. Okay. And one last thing before we move on. I'm going to need some jazz recommendations. Like, seriously. Oh. <laughs> do you have any artists? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Glenn Miller is a good uh, trombonist player. Um, he made a lot of big band stuff, so I definitely recommend that. Um, In the Mood's a good one. Brown Little Jug is a classic. Um, there's also, um, well, Benny Goodman's Sing, 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 always a great one. Uh, Take Five is another great one. Um, but I also like to say there's quite a few like combo stuff. So like um, there's like a lot of like rock and roll jazz as well, or like uh, bossa nova jazz was the one I played a lot and that was really fun. Um, so I definitely look into those, although I can't think of any specific songs from those categories off the top of my head. Okay, I need that because like I've always loved like the sound of jazz. I've just never gotten into it. And now it's mm-hmm. like summer break and I'm like, okay. It's the time. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, so I think we covered a good amount of jazz band you playing trombone and you were dedicated for a really long time, which I'm sure you put on your college application. So another thing that you mentioned was you said one of the big things was K-pop groups. So I want to leave that for like a little bit later. You said board game club and then debate club. Do you want to just do a quick like um, spiel on that? Like if you were in it for a long time and like how much time you put into it? Okay, sure. Um, Gaming club was just some was something I'd been in since freshman year. Um, and I ended up being on like the club board for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I put a lot of effort to, into it during my sophomore and junior years. Um, but as we got toward my senior year, there were a lot more people in the club and I was able to show people the ropes and then transition the leadership off to them for that club. Um, but I spent it mainly as sort of like, um, one of the clubs I used as a time to relax from my academic stuff. Um, it was just us yelling at each other in like, <laughs> um, for like two hours or so, um, playing board games, playing, uh, I guess like betrayal games. We played mafia a lot. Mm. Um, and it was just a really, I guess, like fun time to build community around those kinds of games. Um, and then as for debate, I did debate for three years um freshman sophomore junior um and i spent um i would say i spent a substantial amount of time in them when i uh participated in tournaments i i will say i have not i've never had a losing record at a debate tournament but i've never had a winning one either because i've i've gone (laughs) i've gone like i've gone gone, like four four for, for like all the tournaments I went to, I had like an even amount of wins and losses for every single one of them. And so... So you came out neutral? We, yes. Yes, I did. Um, but it was really fun. I got to uh, do with different people and mm-hmm. um, I was able to really like understand how like debate processes work and like preparation for debate tournaments worked. So like uh, the amount of time needed, like I would spend a few hours like finding articles about like the topic we were discussing. And then I would like put them into sort of like organizational like formats. So for example, like things I could say, things I could use to talk about my opponents and other, that kind of stuff. And I would have to prepare for um, like a whole bunch of different arguments that I would have to discuss or talk about. And so like through those, I was able to really like see um, sort of just like how discussing a certain topic like could work. And sort of like the arguments one needs to sort of like think about and work the way around and like thinking on the spot, like those kinds of skills. Mm-hmm. And with debate, I know that like, I mean, with a lot of things in high school, you can like go, you know, regionals, like, I don't know if it's regionals or states for whatever, like county, like there's states, regionals, yeah, yeah, nationals. Yeah. So did you progress up to like, you know, re- whatever counties, states, regionals? Not really, no. This was a club that I also took for fun Mm -hmm. um, and more so learning the skills of how to debate, how to form an argument, how to uh, create counter arguments, how to defend your own ideas and stuff like that. 
Um, I didn't really have any interest in taking debate to the next level. I know it was a very competitive atmosphere and it was a club that I wasn't like all that fully invested in. So for me, I wanted to sort of um, invest in clubs that I found a lot more interesting and um, some clubs that I had a bigger connection to. Um, So, yeah. And with clubs like debate, like you can choose whether you want to like move on to compete. Cause I know like not everyone's going to want to. So they like ask you, right. They're like, who wants to actually try uh, to go to nationals and stuff. Yeah. They like, they gave us options. It was more yeah. like an opt in. If you want to do this, let us know. And I chose not to. Okay. All right. So you mentioned another big thing was K-pop group. I'm just going to let you take it from here. Tell me <laughs> how you get started. What is it? What was your role? Sure. Um, so funny story how I started. Um, in freshman year, I took bio and I had whoa, whoa, a whoa, whoa. <laughs> bio to Kpo, right? Yeah, yeah no, I promise it makes sense. <laughs> and I had a just like a senior friend who would help me study um bio. And then this was like I think the win- near the end of winter of my freshman year. One day we were studying and we finished early. And so um he said okay, we're done. You're coming with me to K-pop club. And then I was like, as a freshman, I was like, okay, sure. Um, and then we went to the club meeting and I met all the K-pop club people. And it was actually a really fun time. And so when the spring rolled around, I went back um, to the club and I started doing uh, dance performances with them. And so I actually um, did a performance with them, my first performance for high school K-pop um, that spring. Um, and after that summer, I started to listen to more K-pop. I had listened to it a little bit before, maybe like uh, when I was 10, 11, but um, that was more so in passing and not like something I actively wanted to listen to. Um, but after going to K-pop club and dancing for the first time, um, I was inspired, <laughs> I would say, to go back. And I continued to talk with uh, this person. Um, and so... I would listen to more music, um, try to just like find certain songs that I liked. Um, I chose to do it more so for the music and I continued to delve deeper into it um, because uh, I am Korean and I think it was something really cool to see. Um, so listening to music in Korean and like that sort of like performance, um, I found really like inspiring and I kind of wanted to do more of it. And so um, when sophomore year came around, I um, continued to be a part of the club, um, although I wanted to focus a bit more on my academics at that point. Um, so I acted more as like a sort of tech person, helping the dancers in the background, with like practicing for performances and like getting the songs in order and all that kind of stuff, helping them brainstorm like ideas. Um, but uh, this was fall. And then in the winter, I continued uh, to dance again. I actually performed with them um for our schools um like I guess like um BIPOC um athlete conference that my school was hosting uh, we performed for that we also performed for um a talent show that us winter and it was really fun it was my first taste of like actual like prepping and performing for like a full-on performance and so I really sort of enjoyed that and um then spring hit we couldn't really do anything because of COVID um and then in my junior year um I was on the board um but the thing is um most of the members in the club at the time had just graduated um so at that point it was just me and this one senior um and so for um the our fall and winter we were just by ourselves we both spent a lot of time on our academics so it wasn't something we could like actively um, work on but we did a duo performance uh, for a talent show in the winter and because of that we got more interest in our club and so in the spring um, we got a lot of incoming we got a lot of freshmen uh, who were really really wanted to do k-pop and um, we were able to actually um, practice and perform uh, a K-pop dance um, to introduce an incoming speaker at our school. Um, and we actually made a music video on it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like, we spent maybe like two to three weeks practicing with like eight people, this performance. 
And then we spent like an entire Saturday afternoon, like going um, to places and recording for a video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a really, it was like one of the first times I was able to sort of like do that and like really invest in that, like in a club. And it made me want to keep on doing it. And so over the next summer, um, at that point, I was the head of the club as the year before I was uh, more so the, I guess, like vice pres to uh, the senior who was there. And so I gathered the sophomore freshmen who were now sophomores. We made together this performance over the summer and we performed for our fall talent show, um, which was really fun. And then we can we got a lot of popularity from that. And we were actually uh, like getting more people involved at the club. We hosted club meetings where we taught dances, where we talked about K-pop, uh, where we made pot, uh, not pot, we made a playlist uh, for people to listen to music. We uh, got started on social media, that kind of stuff. Um, and then in the winter, we had another performance, um, which um, was one I choreographed for the first time. Uh, with wow. a sophomore, yeah, uh, we choreographed um, for I think maybe two weeks, and then we spent another two to three weeks teaching um, the group of seven of us um, the total of uh, the dance. Um, and that was it was the first time I uh, spent a lot of time choreographing a dance, um, really like sitting down, writing. Um, like writing all like the different formations that we had to do and then like timing it to the music, spending like a few hours um, just sitting down, listening to the music, figuring out like how would it like how would it sound if like we had certain people do this and how would it look and like how would the flow of the piece go and um, just sort of working through that for the first time um, was sort of a step up for me and like saying, OK, I'm like this is what I want to be doing. I really like doing this. And I think exploring this part of K-pop club was um, like another level of leadership for me that I really enjoyed. Because in the past, I had written out like formation guides um, for certain songs that we were covering uh, to help new people coming into K-pop club, how to like find their places and like how to move through like between different people. Um, And so um, I think giving that guide sort of inspired me to like, okay, why don't I make this guide for something I made and sort of running with that and keeping it going. Um, And so I did that. And then in the spring um, I did it again, (laughs) Um, but this time it was for a dance that was for all seniors. Um, So I spent like a few weeks making the whole thing. And then we spent maybe a month working on a four minute long song. Um, just like with eight of us. And um, I also learned like how to adjust if people get injured, people get sick, scheduling doesn't work out, people can't make it to every single meeting, learning how to sort of work with the people you have in the moment and like keeping it going. And as a leader, being able to maintain energy and excitement for the people to bounce that off, bounce energy off of. And um, I spent a lot of time doing that. especially in like weeks where we had a lot of academic work where people could make it. And so I would like add extra, try to like add extra energy into the situation because I knew people weren't going to be there. And like, I made light it, I made jokes about it. Um, and I like continued to like make jokes until like um, people came back or people had like the time. And by then those jokes had allowed me to create a very sort of um, like a very, focused but very laid back kind of group where like we sort of understood what was going on like we were willing to like laugh about it and laugh at laugh at such with each other over time uh very lightheartedly but we were able to like really get it down get it focused um and get it uh performance ready and so yeah the vibes in that club must have been like amazing just like amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah all right so would you say we covered like your main extracurriculars or do you want, are there a couple more that you want to talk about? Um, I guess one more. I did a, a Korean martial art. I did Korean sword martial arts. Um, for... Why didn't you do that at first? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I, so I did a Korean sword martial art for about five years, six years. Um, was this during high school? This was, it started in middle school, but it 
um, I did do it through a bit of high school. Um, and I actually got my black belt, I think freshman year or sophomore year. Um, it was another one of those things where I took it to learn more about my culture. Um, but also just for fun, like it was something that me and one of my older brothers did. Um, and like the community there it was in like a few towns over from where I live. And it was a really, it was a really like good time, especially when I could uh, learn, I guess, skills and how to do that, but also like how it connects with my culture, how I personally feel about it and like the pride that I feel when talking about and thinking on like my experiences there and like being able to both like lead in that air, in that sort of environment, um, but also just like having fun with it. Mm-hmm. hold up so i've never heard of this because i do martial arts as well and i'm not like obviously the most knowledgeable on the different martial arts but like w- korean sword martial arts like that's like just sword fighting like the ones you see in movies like i mean it's not really like that's more like a very flashy kind of stuff um this martial art i did was more about like self-defense mm-hmm. um and I guess like discipline with a blade. So you would start with like a like a very heavy like wooden blade. Did you use a real one ever? Um, no, I did not. I did not uh, get to the level where I could like have a blade, like a full on metal blade. My brother did. Uh, um, but you know, I spent it with like um, a I guess like fake metal sword. It was just like a very dull blade, but it was made of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that. Um, I started with like a very heavy wood sword with like a bamboo sword along with it to practice more like faster moving self-defenses. Um, then after a while I got a wooden, like a, another lighter wood one with a scabbard, like a sheath. And then um, when I got to my black belt, I was given like the dull metal sword um, to practice with. That's so cool. Wow. But there were like, there are like no strikes in this, right? It's purely just learning how to defend yourself with the sword. Like no punching, um, no kicking, nothing like that. No punching, no kicking. All of any like offensive self-defense moves were done with the sword itself. That is so cool. Oh my God. I've met people who've done martial arts like like I do, you know, with strikes and stuff. Never, never sword. That's amazing. All right. So let's get into your grades. And one thing before we start with that is the kind of high school you went to. So just give us like a quick, you know, description of your high school. Number one, was it like private public? Was it a public school that had a lot of um I guess, high achieving students who were all like competing to get into top school. So was the, like the air competitive, did you have the resources to, you know, prepare for like the SAT, take AP classes and make sure you were like on top of your game? Yeah. Um, so I went to a private high school um, and I would say I definitely had the resources to prepare for standardized testing and the college process and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so should I go into like my, well, like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start asking about okay. AP and stuff. <laughs> okay. So did you have APs or was it an IB school? I had APs. APs, okay. So coming in, da, 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 we don't have to do the specific APs, but by the time you did apply to college, including senior year, how many APs are on your application? Um, AP courses or AP tests? Courses, and then we, you can say how many of the tests you took. Okay, I had five AP courses. Mm-hmm. And then did you just and, the te- Oh, you were COVID year, weren't you? Uh, I mean, junior year. My sophomore and junior year were COVID, but senior year was still COVID less mm-hmm. so. Or like we, like the world understood how to handle it better by that point. <laughs> That's true. So understanding. Okay. And did you take any of the AP tests? I took, uh, I took three. I took bio, calc, and Spanish. Mm-hmm. All right. And then what was your GPA by the end of, well, by the time college apps rolled around? So number one, you're unweighted, which is the one out of 4.0 and then weighted. And can you give the scale for your school? Was it like out of 4.5, I don't remember. You're still I, in school, buddy. I'm not, I, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. That's, that's true. <laughs> All that's gone out of it. I'm enjoying my summer. Um, but I, it was, I'm, I'm Sorry, I got consistent A's with a few B pluses okay. here and there. Um, but I was all right. So you were like really close to a four point All right, yeah. Like, I think people can get the idea with like mostly straight A's. Yeah. All right. So and then we're gonna get into SAT, ACT. Sure. Well, before that, I want to know. So you said your int- your intended major is psych, right? 
Yes. Okay. How did you, because that's not like a math. It's not like, you know, no, something no. like that's easily picked up in school. You're like, ah, I have a passion for it. So how did you, did any of your classes like spark an interest in psych? Was it something else? Um, I would say my history classes did a lot um, and combining that with like my biology courses. Um, so I took like a lot of the history courses I took um, sort of like the arguments that I ended up making for like essays I had to write were more about like how people think, why people do things, you know, if we had to like do a certain thing, why should we do a certain thing versus the other thing that could have been done and stuff like that. All right. So it was just like naturally just the psych soon. You just naturally had the brain for it. And think about yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And I think like, um, because I liked history and bio at the time, like my YouTube search history also pushed me in that direction because uh, <laughs> we can't forget the listening ears of our laptops and iPhones. Yeah. I mean, also just like, cause I would listen to sort of like, um, like online channels uh, on YouTube about like um, simplifying history or like talking about biology, like the weird parts of nature and like making like making comedy out of it, or for example, talking about like how you can insert um, like certain ideas into major concepts that like some people like might overlook. And I sort of wondered why do people do certain things? Why do we talk about certain things? And why do we not talk about other things? And I guess like the pandemic added to this. Um, and I will say is like, um, in, as an Asian American in America, um, it was a complicated time mm -hmm. uh, for, it's complicated for everyone. Um, but I think like sitting in my room, sophomore spring, uh, thinking about what I wanted to do with my last two years of high school, what I want to do with my life. Um, I sort of wondered why people do, um, why people do things the way they do it. And like why people choose to do or say certain things and how we believe in certain concepts, but not others. And why we're swayed by opinion. And that sort of got me interested in like psychology and like how, why the, why people do what they do. So, yeah. All right. So I just, I was just curious there. Cause you know, psych is not something you just like, Oh yeah. 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 So, okay. So let's get into SAT ACT. So again, I'm going to let you take it from here. Which one did you take? What preparations did you do and how, how many times you took it? And then what was your super score in the end? Sure. Um, so I took both um, because I wanted to see which one worked better for me. Um, they were about the same. Um, so I just like took them both to see just, just cause. Um, but also I guess just like they were different styles. So I wanted to definitely see um, which one suited me better and maybe cut out the just cause part. Um, mm -hmm. So in terms of like my prep for standardized testing, um, I used a lot of like free online material. Um, so like um, I think College Board had like free exams that I would use um, and stuff like that. Um, so you chose the SAT? I chose the SAT. And then I also like um, found like ACT um, exams that I could do online mm -hmm. um, and like ones that you could download and print. Um, so I did both of those and I just like got books for both the SAT and the ACT. Um, and I just spent my time studying both of them. Um, I took the SAT once, and I think I took um, the ACT twice. Mm -hmm. um, and then as for like my scores, um, SAT mid 1500s, ACT high 30s. Okay, so you were like top percentile for basically any school you wanted to get into. I suppose, yeah. That that is that is good. Mid fifteen hundreds and high thirties, yeah, that's good. All right, so yeah, that's pretty standard preparations. Who would you recommend? Like for you, it was the same, but like I'm sure there were differences, and I've taken both as well. So I've heard like s. Well, I've heard. I also know, but um, SAT is more like English heavy. Like it's not that the math is bad, but like it's pretty standard math and then the English is more like dense but then the ACT it's more spread out English is not that emphasized and then you also have that like weird ass science section mm -hmm. so who would you recommend the SAT for and the ACT for 
I see. Um, okay. For me, the difference between the ACT and the SAT was more so in how you how I approached it. Um, because for me, the ACT felt a lot faster. Yeah. Um, you had less time to think. You had to um, sort of pick an answer and sort of move on um, and sort of spend a lot less time thinking over the answers. Whereas the ACT, you had more time to think over the answers. Um, and like, it was really needed for like the English sections. <laughs> um, and so like, I would say if you, like if your strengths lie in sort of thinking through certain problems, thinking through questions, um, and you are not the strongest with fast paced answering questions, I would say definitely take the SAT. Um, it may be a bit English heavy, but I found it more comfortable um, to sort of sit down and think about my answers. And some of them, like, I didn't necessarily need to think on, but just having that extra time to go back, double check and be confident in that was really helpful. And I personally preferred the SAT. Um, but if you enjoy fast paced questions, you're not really looking for like a lengthy section. You're looking more for, I want to do this. I want to do this answer. I want to go through it. Um, and you're okay with sort of uh, glancing through passages, picking out different key types of information. You prefer doing that rather than just like reading through the information to get like the big picture ideas Then I would recommend the ACT. Same, same. That science section caught me by whew, surprise. That was, <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> All right. So we've got through the main things. One last thing before we do college process, like your application and stuff, uh, like what you were looking for in a school. Uh, let's talk about your common app essay or, oh no, oh, the U, oh no, USC is not in the UC system. So, all right. So you did common app for that. All right. So can you tell us which prompt did you choose and what did you general, generally write about and what message were you trying to get across to the admissions officers from that essay? Okay. I, th- I think I chose the first option. Um, and I chose to talk about my name, uh, my full name, including my creative name. Um, and so what's the first option? Is that uh, the identity? Yeah, I think it was the identity one. Mm-hmm. And I talked about my name. Um, this was also like when like the pandemic and like, um, things like the anti-Asian hate were on my mind and I, sort of reflected on what my identity meant to me. Um, And so reflecting on it, I realized, and I realized that it was something I wanted to take pride in, but I didn't want to sort of hide it. And it was something I wanted to sort of um, say like this, used to say like, this is me, this is who I am. And I'm proud of that because it represents my family represents my heritage and it represents what I believe and what I want to do moving forward. And so um, I wanted to show them that like the three different aspects of my name, my first name, my last name, and my Korean name. Um, And so I I sort of talked about um, sort of like how people came to know me through my first name. So the one I used the most being Philip, I talked about like the things I did and like um, what I did at school, what I did outside of school and like how people came to know me under that name. Um, and I talked about how, like, because of the world in 2020 and 2021, um, I started to see my last name in a sort of a different way. Um, and sort of just like talking again, going back to like what I was talking about with psychology, why people did certain things and, um, why I chose to do certain things as well when I was around my friends versus when I was at home and how they might've been different. And then um, I reflected on the fact that I can't change that, that I can't change my last name. Well, I can, but I can't change what, I can't change who I am. I can't change what I represent physically and how I talk and like my family's history. I can't change that. And so I talked about coming to terms with who I am and owning my identity Um, And I talked about how in a sophomore history presentation I did on Seoul, South Korea, um, I remember putting my full name for the first time in any presentation I'd ever done. And I reflect on that as something that I'm um, really proud of and that, that, that one slide sort of 
started for me a desire to explore Korean culture um, and being proud to write that out fully. And so I talked about that and I talked about how I forced myself. I didn't force myself. I chose to learn more about Korean. I took an online Korean class. Um, I started speaking it with my parents more. I started writing sentences out um, because I had gone to Korean school in the past, um, but I chose to step away from it because it, it wasn't meant for me. It wasn't for me at that time. Um, and so I could read and write in Korean. I didn't understand the words that um, the characters formed though. And so I took time to sort of learn from the ground up how to speak Korean and more than just like your hellos and goodbyes and your thank yous, but more like complex sentences, saying what I liked, what I didn't like, um, pointing things out and that kind of stuff. And I got to the point where I was able to have like a conversation with my grandmother um, who speaks only Korean uh, or like 95% only Korean. So I was able to talk with her in like basic Korean and like I remember her saying things, oh, your Korean has gotten so well. This is in Korean, by the way, um, but, you know, your Korean has gotten so well. And it was just something that I was very excited to hear and inspiring to me to keep going, to sort of embrace the tenacity and the energy of my Korean-American identity. Mm-hmm. All right. And this is a personal question, something I wonder. So, like, my name is not from my culture. I would say it's like a pretty universal name, Camila. Like multiple cultures use it. And, you know, my parents named it. It's the name is prevalent in my country. You know, it's it's there. So do you ever wish that like you had gone by your Korean name instead of getting like a, like an Americanized name? Do you ever wish that you had just started and that's how people knew you? Because I do have friends who like have a Korean name, but they go by their English name. Like some of them, I don't even know their Korean name. Mm. I mean, I don't regret it. I don't regret going by my English name over my Korean name. Um, I think I am proud of both names. Um, I have had thoughts about like, oh, maybe I should ask like my friends to call me my Korean name or like uh, friends I have in Korean communities to call me by my Korean name. Um, But even then, like having both names is something I like, I think of fondly. It isn't something that like, I wish I could replace. Right. All right. So let's get into one last thing is what you were looking for in colleges. And then we'll talk about why USC had all those and then we'll wrap up. All right. So obviously you were like college was on your mind. It wasn't something that just like came to you suddenly at the end of junior year. So when you did start looking at different colleges and, you know, realizing like, Oh, I need to make a college list now. What were the different characteristics you were looking for? Sure. Um, so first thing I wanted a school in the city. I grew up in a pretty like, uh, rural suburban environments and I wanted something very different. You want the city. Um, <laughs> suburbs forever yeah yeah um and so I wanted that um I didn't want a very small school either I wanted the opportunity to have like a big school so I was um although for me I don't think pop, like uh size itself wasn't necessarily like a big big thing for me one thing I did want was a very diverse community um and like having like multiple perspectives through that was something I really wanted in a college. Um, I also wanted something with um, a lot of academic rigor, um, a very strong academic support system. Um, So advisors, career advisors, and like stuff that would help me understand how to move forward in college and beyond college when it came to like finding a job or learning how to like do internships and that kind of stuff. Um, And I also wanted like, I I also, uh, in my college process, looked for colleges that had a K-pop dance group already there. Um, That's a must-have. My God, what are you saying? Yes, of course. Um, I also looked for um, if schools had jazz bands, um, musical programs, that kind of stuff. Um, I also looked to see if they had psychology as a major, how their social science program was, you know, if it was small, if it was big, are certain majors prioritized over others or 
is there more of just like a do what you want and we're here to support you kind of feel. Um, and as like a very step non-STEMI person, um, I was sort of like stepped away from, I guess, like those kinds of schools um, where like they were known for their uh, STEM, their math, their comp sci, um, those types of colleges didn't interest me that much. Um, I wasn't too, too concerned about prestige in any way. Um, I cared more for the vibe that I got and like how um, I felt like in that environment, like looking at their resources, listening to students talk, like that kind of stuff. And were you able to visit USC before you applied? I was, uh, I did, not on a college tour. I was in LA visiting a family member and uh, we just happened to be next to the USC campus. And so um, we went, we stopped by, I got the chance to look around and I fell in love with the campus. yeah. All right. Well, it worked out. That's great for you. So what's your reaction <laughs> upon getting into USC? Sure. Um, I actually found out in my school's library while I was working on an English project. Um, and so like I saw the email come in through like my, um, through just like a little notification at the bottom right of my computer. Mm-hmm. And I just like froze. I stopped. I realized it was coming out that day, but it like it sort of dawned on me. Oh, this is happening right now. I sort of like closed all my other tabs. Um, and I just opened the email and then I opened the link and then like the congratulations you were accepted email came out and I was like, I was still in my school's library. So I had to be very like calm about it, mm-hmm. but like I got up and then just sort of like paced around slightly shocked for a little bit. And then I came back to my computer. I double checked that it, that it was the right mm-hmm. <laughs> that I read what I had read. Then I proceeded to calmly close my laptop walk out of the library and begin to celebrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like, I walked off to just like a small part, like, or not a small, but just like a pop part of my school where people don't usually go. And I just like started Dream. celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like ecstatic, elated. I was so happy. Um, I told my parents about it too. And they were there with me since the start of the process. And like, they had understood like, what getting into USC meant for me. And so they were happy for me as well. Um, and yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. So one last thing before, well, not one last thing, but second to last thing, were finances in general a concern for you when you were applying to colleges or was it more like it's final workout? Like, were you looking specifically for like merit-based schools or was it like you weren't that concerned about finances? I was concerned about finances. Yes. Um, so I was looking for schools that would give me financial aid to go. Um, that definitely played into which schools I applied to, for sure. Well, I hope it works out with USC. It's not a cheap <laughs> school at all. All right. So one last thing I want you to do is give some advice. So this can be, well, let's do this. So it is summer's coming, right? Juniors who are now becoming seniors are going to apply to college. So can you give one piece of advice for perhaps people who are going to come in as freshmen into high school? So, and this can be about anything. It can be about the college process. It can be general life advice, high school advice, whatever you want it to be. And then a second piece of advice for me, juniors who are becoming <laughs> seniors. What I see. Okay. Give? All right. So um, one piece of advice I would give to freshmen entering high school would definitely be to um, use like, freshman and sophomore year to explore, to enjoy high school and like learn how to navigate high school. I wouldn't focus on like trying to, oh, I need to do this course, this course, this course to get into this college because a lot can change in high school. You could have different preferences by the time you're in junior year or like you find this one course that you really, really like that didn't fit with that plan that you had entering high school. I would take the time to really explore different clubs, different opportunities and to do it for yourself and to do it for fun, not to do it necessarily for college. It always plays a role in that, but finding the things that you really enjoy and investing in those, that is the advice I would give. And then for uh, juniors or into rising seniors like yourself, I would um, say, um, don't be afraid to like use many different sort of like online resources um, and learn when to say, I don't like this. Um, I think for me, like it's, it's very easy to say what you don't like versus what you like. 
And so like, if you're having a hard time deciding what you want to do, figure out what you don't want to do first. And then like what you have left, I think will allow you to sort of guide yourself one way or another way. Um, so for example, I didn't really know um, how certain college campuses felt. And so um, because I couldn't go to them uh, because of COVID, what I ended up doing was searching YouTube and looking at like the day in the life videos. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're always a little bit sometimes on the cringy side, but I was able to use them to sort of get a sense and get a feel of like what school life is actually like for them, uh, whether it be a bit more chaotic or a bit more calm and sort of the feeling I got from those. Um, and can I actually just give one more piece of sure, advice? Yeah. Sure. Um, another thing is um, try to find the school that you find like that you have genuine excitement over. Um, not just for its prestige or for its one specific program. Like if you find yourself like excited to go to that school, like if you could just go to the campus and without like a guy say, I want to go here, that is very valuable. You don't have to find that either, right? But I think just like being able to um, find like a school that you really like depends on whether you can sustain liking that over a few over like a week or so because if like you look at one school like it look at another school and you don't and you go back to the first one you don't really like it anymore then I would say you should consider that in applying to that school or not but if you like school a go to school or like look at school b go back to school a and still like it that says that you really like that school Mm -hmm. all right thank you Phil for you're on the that coast right you're on the west coast Yes. Yeah. All right. So you're still still early for you. Have a good rest of your day. You too.